Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of No Rain Date, your podcast for local news and interviews in the Saucon Valley and beyond. I'm Josh Popachak, the host of No Rain Date and the publisher of Saucon Source, and I'm going to talk about the headlines from the week ending January 8th, 2021. And it has been a truly historic week in terms of national news, which has really dominated the headlines since Wednesday, January 6th, when there was an unprecedented insurrection in Washington, D.C. A large group of Trump supporters attending a rally at which the president, the outgoing president, spoke to them and ginned them up, proceeded to follow his advice and go to the Capitol and storm into it, rioting and defiling, defacing one of our country's most sacred spaces. I was truly shocked, as I think most people were, to see what was going on unfolding live on TV and, of course, online as well, where live TV lives in many cases today. Uh, That's where I was watching the events as they unfolded. It truly was a day that will be infamous. I was listening to NPR earlier today, it's Friday now, and they talked about how this is one of those events that everyone will always remember where they were when they found out it was happening. It is right up there with 9-11, which is probably the most recent event that would rank with this and the assassination of John F. Kennedy, that was also highlighted. Of course, if you were alive then, you definitely remember where you were when you heard that news. And uh, this was something of that caliber, unfortunately, because it did not have to happen. And tragically, people lost their lives as a result of this. An innocent police officer at the Capitol who was simply doing his job died in defense of our democracy. That's something that our country has to answer for in a way that it hasn't. It's going to be a difficult, painful process, a long period of reckoning, I believe. Of course, things are about to change politically due to the election of Joe Biden, which was certified eventually early Thursday morning following the attack. The specific motive, or one of them, was to disrupt the certification of the electoral college votes for Joe Biden. And that nearly happened because Congress was already in the midst of that process when the Capitol building was besieged and really uh, almost indescribably sad scenes of Congress people and staff members barricading themselves in rooms, hiding, you know, in the gallery, I believe that was in the house, really in fear for their lives. It's probably a miracle that more people 
weren't killed. One protester was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer. And three other people, including a Pennsylvania man, died at the event due to medical emergencies. So far, those, the details of those deaths have not been specified. The man from Pennsylvania was from Bloomsburg. There are multiple news stories out about him. There are many, many news stories now trying to identify the perpetrators of this act of sedition. That's what it, what it is. There, there's really no way to sugarcoat it. And doing that at this point, I think, does a huge disservice to our democracy. And I, as a publisher, have a duty to share the truth. And I know that is something that is difficult for some readers to accept. I've seen that in the comments on some stories that I've published in the last two days on Facebook, in particular, mainly Facebook, where readers are either minimalizing what has happened or unfortunately they're choosing to compare it with protests that took place over the summer following the death of George Floyd, who was killed by a police officer, and using whataboutism and other really pathetic tactics to justify what happened. And I personally think that's shameful. I think that's a reflection of the lack of education that our country is suffering from, because if somebody has critical thinking skills, there's no way they can make that comparison. It's just a fallacy. And I'm sad that that so many people in our community seem to be doing that. Another thing that makes me sad is the conspiracy theory that the protesters were actually members of Antifa and that they did this all to basically set up the, the Trump supporters and Trump himself. That's absurd. Almost all of the mob was made up of white Americans. I, I think that, to be honest, the, there's an element of racism that underlies the belief in that conspiracy that specific conspiracy theory, but also many others that we've heard throughout 2020, and it has to stop. It's, uh, we saw the physical incarnation of what has been taking place online in communities online on Wednesday in the violent insurrection at Capitol Hill, but the bigger issue is the thoughts that are behind those actions. I don't know what the solution to that is. It's not going to be an easy thing for the new administration to deal with the monumental problems that they will be inheriting because of what has gone on during the last four years. It's not even clear at this point if Trump will remain in office until January 20th. Democrats in Congress have been calling for his removal under the 25th Amendment. That can only be done if Vice President Mike Pence and members of the cabinet testify that he is unfit for office. And in that case, Mike Pence would become the president until January 20th. However, news reports indicate that he is unwilling to support the use of the 25th Amendment. And in lieu of that, 
House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said that she plans to begin impeachment proceedings against Trump that could happen as early as Monday. It's unclear if an impeachment could take place within a period of about 10 days. It doesn't seem like that would be possible. Trump, as you probably recall, was impeached in late 2019, and that took a couple of months because there's a trial, and that's sort of the culmination of the process. Of course, he was not impeached, and if he had been then, things might have been different. But of course, there's going to be a lot of reflection on the last four years and things that have happened, things that could have been done differently. There's been heavy criticism of Twitter and Facebook for providing social media platforms that have encouraged the growth and spread of conspiracy theories and other communities online that allow people to develop plans for for violence because this obviously did not happen spontaneously. There was planning that went into what happened on Wednesday, of course, and it's going to be up to law enforcement authorities to dig into the evidence that must exist online and elsewhere in order to bring the people behind this to justice, all of them. That has to happen or our country will just spiral further downward. And I don't know anybody who thinks that our country is in a good place right now. I I think you would have to be completely oblivious or uncaring to feel that way. We are going through a horrible time. A lot of people are shaken by what happened this week, myself included. And uh, I can only imagine what it is like for families with young children trying to explain to them how a group of individuals tried to subvert our democracy and essentially stage a coup against our government. That must be terrifying for a young child who doesn't understand the complexities of our system of government, of course. Many adults don't understand that, and that is a big part of the problem. If you have young children and they've been affected by this, I totally sympathize with you. Of course, the coronavirus pandemic is continuing to rage, and that's making things even harder all around. The United States reported another record death toll on Thursday, January 7th, more than 4,000 deaths because of COVID-19. And officials, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's essentially the head of the coronavirus response effort in the U.S., said that things are going to get worse before they get better. So that's bad news. Locally, the cases are climbing again. I just published a story about that on Saucon Source this evening. There were five new cases in Saucon Valley schools this week, the first week of the new year after students came back from their holiday break. Several of the cases involve high school student athletes, and that has led to one sports team being quarantined, Dr. Craig Butler said in an email that went out to parents. Of course, Dr. Butler is the superintendent of the Saucon Valley School District. He did not specify which sports team is affected. Of course, we send our well wishes to anyone that is ill right now, not just in the school system, but anybody in our community. This is a very 
serious disease. It's claiming young people's lives, of course, not in the same percentages as older people, but recently uh, we have seen several high-profile cases in the state and nationally involving young people, relatively young people, men in their early 40s dying uh, from COVID-19. And I would hope that that is a wake-up call for people who, for whatever reason, still continue to dismiss the disease. And again, that seems to be a thread that's common through some of the Facebook posts that I've had about this pandemic. You wonder at some point, what will it take to convince somebody that this is serious? And I think it might be a national level leadership that does it. If it's not too late for that, we needed that almost a year ago and we didn't have it. And we have paid a very high price for it. And history is certainly going to record that failure of our government. There's never been a cohesive national message or strategy for dealing with the disease. And just like politics, conspiracy theories have fueled dismissiveness by many Americans. And as a result, many innocent people have contracted it and some have died. And that is a a disgrace. I, uh, of course, wish an end to the pandemic. I encourage you to do anything you can to stay safe, to protect your loved ones, use common sense, wear a mask, follow the state and CDC guidelines. Uh, Don't take anything for granted. Wash your hands. You know, we know what we're supposed to do at this point. You just have to remember to do it. You have to make a conscious effort to do it, and you have to have empathy in order to do it. Because if you don't, you won't. We've seen countless examples of that. But returning to politics, as I said, it it remains unclear what will happen in the coming days. Of course, we all want peace. We all want civility. We want a peaceful transfer of power to the next administration. And our prayers are that that will happen. There's not a lot that we can do here as individuals to ensure that that happens. We have to trust in our democracy at this point. But as I said, it's harder to trust than it was a few days ago because we saw something that we never thought we would see. That had never happened. The U.S. Capitol had not been invaded since 1814 during the War of 1812 when the British sacked Washington, D.C. So that's 207 years ago. Even during the Civil War, when Americans were arguably more divided than they are today, but that's debatable, the U.S. Capitol building was not desecrated in that manner. If you have not taken the time to look at the coverage, I would encourage you to, because it is shocking, it is graphic, You'll see blood stains on statuary in the rotunda, statuary of our founding fathers. I failed to see how protesters who stormed into this building can claim that they are respecting the ideals of those founding fathers when they defiled those statues that way. That's disgusting, and it's despicable, and I personally condemn it. I condemn anybody that supports the actions of domestic terrorists, which is what these individuals are. 
and they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, period. No buts about it. That concludes our news roundup for this week. Obviously, it's a little different. And, of course, continue to visit SalkinSource.com for all the local headlines and local headlines reflecting what's going on in our nation. This is too important of a time to simply tune out what's going on in, in Washington or, or wherever. If we didn't learn one thing from 2020, it's that everything is connected. We are all connected as one society. And my coverage reflects that. It might not always be what people want to hear, and I understand that, but I'm going to be telling the truth, and I'm grateful to all my readers who appreciate that. And I wish you all a very happy and healthy coming week, and I will also do the same for our nation as it struggles during this period of difficult transition. Here at Sock and Source, our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community. A large part of that is a public service, and we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money, and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on Sock and Source, and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially, the membership is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community and it also helps fund our future growth. Sock and Source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website sockandsource.com. You can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source, which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page. You'll see several membership options, including a monthly membership for $7, a four-month membership for $25, or a yearly membership for $70. These are strictly voluntary contribution levels, and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so, and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online, and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members, and thank you for considering becoming a future member. It's my pleasure this week on No Rain Date to welcome back one of our friends and previous guests, well-known to No Rain Date listeners, Main Street Gym owner, Kevin Branco. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We greatly appreciate it and uh, always uh, always nice to be invited back. You know, you did something right the first time. <laughs> well, of course. And uh, Happy New Year 2021. Happy we are... New Year. Officially into the new year now. Goodbye to 2020. (laughs) Yes. Good riddance and uh, only good vibes for 2021. And you can help with the good vibes through what you offer in terms of community, fitness, and fellowship. And I know it's, it's... 
probably been difficult for a lot of people to maybe less difficult this year to make a new year's resolution to get in shape or or healthier after the year that 2020 was been has been what do you think i mean what are you hearing from people about wanting to turn over a new leaf for 2021 so what i've been hearing from ever since the initial quarantine period that we had that uh, expired at the end of june beginning of july you know I've had people coming into the gym or contacting me via social media, email, whatever, and, and saying, you know, I've sat around, I've, I, I don't feel well because my, bone, my joints are stiff, my back hurts, my knees hurt, put on weight, how do I get back into this? How do I get moving? How do I achieve my goals? So that same, I guess, topic, that same the theory has kind of came through all the way to now. Typically, this is a New Year's thing. Typically, mm-hmm. it's okay. Here's New Year's. It's a new year. I need to, I need to get my my act together and and achieve these goals. Whether the fitness, financial, business, professional, whatever, I need to achieve these goals for the new year. But I think it kind of kicked everybody into it six months early. I've seen that all through the fall, end of summer, beginning all through fall, beginning of winter, uh, where people were coming in with essentially New Year's resolutions early. They were mm. coming in saying, you know, COVID really did a number on me. I need to snap out of my funk. Some people that were wanted to achieve those goals, but they were skeptical and cautious about being in public, whether it's the gym or anywhere else. They reached out to me and said, you know, how can I do this? Is there a good piece of equipment I can use for home? Is there a good program that I can use to increase my fitness on my own, at home, in a park, in my driveway, in my backyard? It's, it's actually been pretty cool because I've been able to help a lot, of, a lot more people than I typically could help. Because normally as a, as a gym owner, a personal trainer, I help one at a time. Mm-hmm. This way I can give people essentially programming and say, okay, do this, that, and the other, you know, this many days a week on your own time and I check in with them once a week right. say, hey how'd that workout go how how that new new programming go that we tried and then it also lets me get a little creative so if you don't have weights you know you can't get any during the whole pandemic you know the quarantine period and everything the home gym equipment is bought up at astounding rates so mm. even if you wanted to go buy a set of dumbbells or a spin bike or something there were none to be had so I was able to kind of look at things you have around your house and say, okay, do you have a bucket, you know, a small one gallon bucket that we can put soup cans in or can you afford to go to the local hardware store, go down true value and buy a length of PVC pipe so we can fill it with water or sand and make a slosh pipe, mm-hmm. you know, and, and use that for different exercises for uh, unbalanced movements. I was able to kind of let my, creative juices flow with that, that was, which was a lot of fun, actually. And then you have your more traditional people that were comfortable coming into a facility or going out in public. And I was able to just help them get back into a routine that really benefits them both physically and mentally. Right. Now, how, as far as like within the gym and, and spacing people out, like what, what did you, what have you done? Have you like moved equipment around or did you have to like maybe rope off certain pieces of equipment how did you because the according to the state so, guidelines you're supposed to be operating at 50 percent of capacity right correct unfortunately 
with the size of our facility, we're a hometown facility, you know, we don't have 20,000 square feet to kind of put every piece of equipment, you know, eight to 10 feet apart from each other. So what we did do is we kind of thought outside the box and said, okay, what's our bottleneck? When do more people come in? And why do they come in at those times? And it's typically around work schedules. So before work, after work, or lunchtime. And we said, how can we open this up so people aren't constrained to those time frames? So we ended up making a substantial investment in a 24-hour entry system. So now you come in and you can come in whenever you want. You know, if you work till, say, five o'clock and you know it's the the gym is a little bit busier at that point wait until that evening right. you know you can come in two in the morning if you want we have a very advanced system to tell you the truth one of the best in the market with facial recognition software to to make sure that only the people that are supposed to be in there are in there we have an entry system so everything is clocked in and logged so we know exactly who's in there when so it's very safe and, and well monitored but now we don't have to worry about going over 50% capacity because people can spread out when they come in so much that we never even hit 25% capacity. That really sounds like a win-win because they have more flexibility, which is, and convenience. And it's also, like you said, spreading people out more. Correct. And tell you the truth, I anticipated more, I guess, hiccups in the system, you know, just with policy and instituting a new, completely do new dynamic and business structure here and tell you the truth it's been fantastic there's been very few issues very very few issues the issues that i run into is when i show up in the morning at you know 5 30 in the morning like you know there's plates left out that's, okay people don't put their weights away if that's the worst of my issues that's not a big deal i'm having a good day so yeah it actually it forced us to kind of make some big moves and it's a real benefit for customers. You get less crowding in the gym, you get less people at a time, you have more available equipment, you have more available time slots so you can come in whenever you want, whenever you're comfortable. At the same time, we've also started doing a lot of research into the sanitizers we were using. The sanitizer that we used for years, since day one, was a good strong sanitizer that killed everything COVID included. But the contact rate that it had was almost 30 seconds. And I just didn't find that as acceptable. So I started doing research and I found a a sanitizer that's actually safer to the touch. You know, it's more gentle on human skin and, you know, it can actually be ingested, to tell you the truth, which is, Hmm. do that. So it's not not alcohol based or. What's that? Is it alcohol based or. Not that I want to no, drink some, isn't. but... <laughs> yeah, it's actually something that can be used in kitchens. It has a, a 10-second contact time, so it kills all microbes, viruses, bacteria in 10 seconds. So a much quicker contact time, so that everything is sterilized much more thoroughly. We then invested in an electrostatic fogging machine, a handheld fogger that I go over the entire gym hourly, every hour during staffed hours, and what it does is it, it uh, charges, electrically charges particles of the sanitizer that fogs out around the equipment. So okay. I just go over all, every piece of equipment, uh, dumbbells, bars, plates, 
rollers, handles, you name it, everything. And you just put a fog of the sanitizer over it and it sticks to the surfaces like a magnet to make sure that every nook and cranny of every piece of the equipment is completely clean and sanitized. You know, it's kind of abundance of caution, but it's mm-hmm. worth it. Um, it's absolutely worth it. Then finally, what we've done is I uh, kind of a little uh, upgrade to the gym. I started redoing all the padding on all the equipment. You ask why that's important. Well, one, it looks better. It looks fantastic. The big thing is it's replaced with uh, marine grade vinyl, not just standard vinyl. So the marine the marine grade vinyl is antimicrobial and antibacterial. So the the surface itself is not a hospitable environment for viruses and bacteria to live on. So it's used a lot in hospitals and whatnot, clean areas, clean sterile areas. So we've started switching out all our padding in the entire gym to that. Hopefully I will be able to finish that project this week. Hopefully hmm. we're about 80% completed at this point. So we've, we've made a lot of changes and they're, frankly, they're good changes. And I hate to say it, but you know, in, in every crisis, there's always a silver lining, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's our silver lining. It forced us to make moves that we've been skeptical about for years. And it's kind of forced us to grow and adapt and better our business to make sure we can help everybody. We can make sure everybody has a good, clean, safe, accessible environment whenever they need it. Right. And like you said, if if somebody, for whatever reason, underlying health conditions or, you know, maybe they have a family member that, that has... A compromised immune system if they don't feel comfortable coming into the gym you'll work with them on a personal training regimen and I'm sure you can zoom with them or you know you use technology to maintain contact right absolutely so a few things that I've done obviously when the weather was a little bit warmer I would do a boot camp at a neighbor's house she doesn't live too far from me I have a fairly large driveway and big flat area in the yard it would be her, her daughter, and several of her friends from the neighborhood would come over, and we would be outside, you know, 10, 15 feet apart from each other. Everybody, I'd send them an email ahead of time, bring this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. a towel, a yoga mat, you know, weights, varying in, in weights, and they would bring their own, and I'd bring extras and a bottle of Lysol and, you know, wipes and everything just so you can put it out for them and everybody stays in their station. You, if you'd like, you can wear a mask, even though you you are outside and 10 feet apart. But we did that all through quarantine period, and it really worked out very well. So people could actually see their friends outdoors in a safe environment. They could still get their fitness regimen completed. Now that's cold, obviously we're, we can do it outside if you're really adventurous. But um, we can uh, set up programming to help you achieve your goals on your own indoors. I can walk you through programs, both via email, via Zoom. We can do FaceTime, stuff like that. I've, I've done a lot of different things in the past to really just be accommodating for as many people as possible. Now that's awesome. I I was going to sort of ask you about, about that because I think it was in one of the, the latest communications from the state about the reopening of gyms. And it said something about like, you know, outdoor fitness activities encouraged and i'm thinking like how are you going to do that safely in the middle of winter i mean there could be ice on the ground like i mean that could actually be more hazardous 
than the so COVID that could be the in truth, the gym. Tell you the truth, it, it's it's actually kind of it's kind of actually intriguing because you know to to bundle up and go outside once you start getting your a good workout in and get a sweat rolling a little bit, you're bundled up with sweatshirt and everything, mm-hmm. you're getting hot and you're taking off your sweatshirt and going down to a t-shirt and you know you're it, it builds a especially if you have a group of people doing it it builds a bit of camaraderie mm, um and you also true. have days like today you know today was as far as january days go it's pretty warm i was walking my uh my dog stella down main street in a sweatshirt and shorts <laughs> wow. you know it's, and i was just walking so a lot of days as long as the weather kind of cooperates with snow and whatnot it's still not bad in the middle of the day to, to get out as long as you're moving. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe people are a little more open to that right now. I saw a lot of, it seemed like there were more polar bear plunges this year or something. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause, I, I think people were purging out those spirits of 2020. You just want to get rid of them and, and move on. <laughs> yes. Hey, I might have tried it if I had, there had been one around here. We could have done, we could have had it at the Gristmill Pond. Just that don't. would be fun. Uh, I know, uh, I know uh, several people do it in uh, Lehigh River every Sunday at two o'clock. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Contact Wes down at Falcon uh, Massage Therapy. He uh, he does it on a weekly basis. Oh, really? <laughs> like a um, almost like a purification yeah. ritual or something? Yeah, it's. I don't know. I've done it in the past. I'd be interested in doing it again, but weekly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd go that far interesting yeah we'll have to look into that but but yeah no that's that's good that that everybody's adaptable and i guess we've all learned to be a little bit more adaptable because of this we'll continue to because it's it's ongoing so it's kind of like riding a roller coaster it's uh just make as as good of a situation as you can out of the hand that we're dealt obviously the biggest thing I, I've been telling people from day one, you can sit there and dwell on the fact that, you know, this is closed or that's closed. You can't do this. You can't do that. And you can't do whatever. You can't see your friends and family. But there's a lot of things you can do. And I know it's easy to say, but you just got to kind of not dwell on things you can't do and just think about, okay, you know, this is my situation. What can I do? Right. Right. I kind of wanted to go back a little bit and talk a little bit about a different subject. 2020 was also a, a big year for you in the sense that you ran for, for office and uh, mm-hmm. specifically for, for state representative in the 131st district. The, sure. the election was a couple months ago in November. The outcome wasn't what your supporters hoped for because the winner was somebody else, but Tell me a little bit about that experience and not just the experience of running. And I'm sure it was, well, you didn't have anything to compare it to, but it was different because of a pandemic and what it, what you've learned and, and silver linings and, you know, a couple months out, what, what your thoughts are about that. So I guess to start off, people say, oh, you want to get into politics. No, I don't want to get involved. And why are you running to be a politician? I don't want to be a politician. <laughs> I, that's not my goal, to be a politician. My goal is to help people. My right. goal is to develop a community. My, my goal as a business owner, and I've been successful at it, is to build the community around me. 
I run my gym as a community center. I don't run it as a gym. So people can come and see, see their friends, families, neighbors. They have an issue. They need a roof fixed. They need a water heater fixed. They come to me and say, hey, you got a good plumber. Do you have a good roofer? I help to build our community. I'm very proud of that. And I'll never, I never, I'll never back down from that. But then I looked at it and said, you know, how can I help more people? And do I want to be a politician? No. But I feel as though I can use my, my business experience, my, my experience as a young father. You know, I have two kids, a five and a half year old and an 18 month old. My wife has a nurse going through a pandemic. I felt as though I can use those, those experiences to help build our community further. Unfortunately, even though we ran a fantastic campaign, I'm not upset about it at all, frankly. If I felt there was something we could have done different, if there was something that, you know, if we could have done one more mailer, if we could do one more phone call, if we could knock on one more door, if that was the case, I'd be upset about it. But it's not. We knocked on every door we could. With a pandemic, we frankly really couldn't knock on many. We only knocked on a few. We did a lot of lit drops to keep mm-hmm. social distancing to make sure we uh, didn't put anybody, ourselves, or volunteers, myself, my staff at risk, my constituents at risk. We made sure to uh, do things responsibly. We did thousands and thousands of phone calls. Mm -hmm. We mailed out almost 30 flights of mail to to really get our message out because we couldn't get in front of people. Mm -hmm. So the election, as you mentioned, didn't turn out the way we wanted, but I I ran a campaign based on policy and integrity and truth. I refuse to slander, I refuse to distort truth, I refuse to lie, and I guess, you know, it didn't turn out our, our way. That's okay, that's, that's fine. I'm gonna stick to my guns, I'm gonna keep speaking about what I feel passionate about, and I'm not gonna go, any, go away anytime soon. If nothing else, I'm persistent. No. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, over the next two years, the woman that did win the seat, congratulations to her. She actually got sworn in today. Good for her. Congratulations. Malou McKenzie, congratulations to her. Yep, state state representative Malou McKenzie. Good for her. Congratulations. I wish her well. I wish her luck. But I'm not going anywhere. I'll be back for another run in two years, and I'll continue to speak about what I feel passionate about, about growing our communities, taking care of our, our kids, our educational systems, revamping tax law so things like education and roads and bridges and you know you name it, i can keep going on and on are are well funded and well taken care of while not having such a opaque and obscure budget you know i, I believe in transparency and i'm going to continue to fight for those issues and equality issues and gun rights issues and i mean i can go on and on and, and clean clean air and rivers so we can, you know, play in, in the forest and, and the woods and swim in the creeks like I used to as a kid and not have to worry about what else is in the water. You know, I'll continue to do that over the next two years and I'm making it no secret that I will be running again. And I look forward to a, another good campaign that's, again, based in integrity and truth and honesty and focusing on records and policy. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you raise a lot of good points there and I think what you said about not being a politician is interesting because it seems like the system is kind of 
built in a way that favors somebody who wants to be a career politician, you know, and, and run sort of from within the the framework that exists. And if you want to run from outside it, you're kind of at a disadvantage. Is, is that kind of how you felt or? Yeah, I, I absolutely did. It's no secret that I butt heads with the upper echelon of, of uh, my party through most of my campaign because I didn't conform the way they wanted me to. And I refused to. I have my own views. I have my own ideas. And they wanted me to do things a certain way. I wanted to do things my way. And now, looking back on it, if I would have done it their way, would I have won my election? Maybe. If I did, if I went more full-bore my way, would I have won my election? Maybe. You know, you can always question that. I will say a former state representative, Mr. Justin Simmons, who was the representative for the district, he just decided not to run again for this term that we just started today. He actually posted on Facebook just a few days ago. It's no secret that I typically don't agree with Mr. Simmons on, on political views. But I mean, you give credit to where credit's due. The, the, the gentleman served 10 years in public mm-hmm. service. That, that's, that's quite the feat, and it's, and it's definitely admirable. Mm-hmm. admirable. But he actually posted something the other day about politics not being governed by politicians. And we need more, I think as he put in the post, we need more plumbers, uh, construction workers, farmers, garbage men, uh, dog catchers, business owners. We need more people like that to run for office, to step up and use their, use their experiences. You can go to school and get the best degree in the world and graduate from Ivy League, but the fact of the matter is that doesn't give you the experience to be people and, and kind of guide our, our state, our communities into future times. You know, if, if I wasn't a business owner, I wouldn't know how to navigate the business taxing system, you know, and transparency and budgeting and sticking to a, a tight budget that is then audited and, and whatnot by CPAs and everything else. If I didn't have a business, I wouldn't know how to do that. Right. So his point was we need to rely on the people of a community to step up and run for office and guide us into the future. And uh, like I said, I, I make no uh, asides about it. A lot of times I do not agree with the gentleman, but at the same time, he has a great point, and I, I completely agree with that wholeheartedly. Right. Um, but at the same time, there's nothing wrong about. with having an education and running for office. But no, no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I myself have a political science degree. It's good to be knowledgeable in a, in a topic, but there's something to be said for years of experience. Right. Um, I'm a big history buff. You look at someone like uh, Herbert Hoover or Dwight D. Eisenhower, they had no aspirations to get into politics. Herbert Hoover was a, a miner, you know, one of the most richest men in the world and most successful miners in the world. Had no aspirations to get into politics, never had any education. Ike, Dwight D. Eisenhower, he was a military man. He had no aspirations for politics. But, you know, they saw a way that they could help more people. You know, same thing with... Uh, I mean, you can go on and on to, to different political figures, Colin Powell, you know, no aspirations, but they saw a way that they could help more people, and they did. So I think that's something that we need to kind of focus on. Don't focus on party and politics and who aligns themselves with who. Focus on the, the person. Focus on their ideas, their criteria. 
uh, their experience and how it'll help to benefit your community. Do, do you think, though, that we have to take try and get money out of politics, though? Because if you're just a, a dog catcher or a garbage man, how are you going to finance a, a campaign and be successful? I mean, look at Donald Trump. I mean, he was able to run outside the system because he was incredibly wealthy. And he didn't have to take, you know, marching orders from anybody. Absolutely. And that was the draw to Donald Trump because he didn't have to take marching orders from anybody. He's, that was his, whether it's true or not, it's beside the point, but that was his draw. You know, he was independently wealthy. He didn't have to listen to uh, investors here or there, you know, can, campaign contributors here or there. Yeah, and that was the number hey, one people voted 100, for. You're 100% correct. If you can get money out of politics, you can clean up the system. But the problem with getting money out of politics is... Uh, running for office is extremely expensive. And until we do publicly funded elections, that's almost not possible. Until we kind of really put a cap on election funding, you know, as much as, you know, you can't spend more than X or you can't in this state, in Pennsylvania, not when people know this, this is like the wild, wild west of campaign finance. There's very few laws in our state that govern campaign finance. There's no limit to, Josh, you had a million bucks and you want to donate it to a, a particular candidate, go ahead. You know, there's no limit. Federally, there's uh, there's max outs. You know, you can't donate over a certain amount. In the state, you can donate as much as you want. Pretty much the only real rule, the big rule, is that no corporate money. Doesn't mean that the CEO of a company can't give as much as they want, but that company themselves can't give any any money to a candidate. But the second second someone figures out how to do that outside of, you know, uh, publicly funding elections without campaign contributions, we'll, we'll see a way to clean up politics. But that's, that's a big nut to crack. Right. And I could go on and on about this topic because now you got me thinking about it, pack money and all that stuff. But we're, we're kind of like oh, getting uh, off off track a little bit here which is easy to do once politics once the subject of politics comes up but i I thought i would be remiss if i did not mention your campaign and and And, which we reported on if any of the listeners or anything if they ever want to talk politics with me please please reach out i'd be happy to discuss any issues any ideas i will not just put it out there i will not explain mud i will not play party lines if you don't want to have an intelligent conversation uh, and you just want to kind of rail against uh, a party, don't bother. Um, (laughs) Well, and there are plenty um, of places to do that on Facebook for sure. Well, yeah. If if you want to, if anybody, Josh, yourself, if if any listeners would like to have a meaningful conversation about how things are run, how things should be run, and ideas on how to fix anything, please reach out. I'd, I'd be more than happy discuss things well and we need to have more dialogue absolutely i mean especially face to face which was very difficult in 2020 and and that was frustrating for a lot of us i know because you can't have the same quality of discourse really on facebook that you can you know like we are having right now i just don't think you can what what do you think correct I, I completely agree. People are more apt to say things 
that are meant more to hurt or uh, they're they're more apt to hide behind their keyboard, if I, as I'd like to say, right? and uh, spout off just to say things to get a, a rile out of somebody, as opposed to in person when they kind of, I don't want to say that people bite their tongue, but they, they stay on topic a little bit more and choose their words more wisely. It has a de- it's a dehumanizing effect because we're we're removed. We're using trying to use emojis to uh, indicate you know feelings, but it's not the same thing as you know being next to somebody and reading their body language, and it never will be. So Correct. that's my little stump speech about that. But I just wanted to close out the interview, going back to talking about the community and and you know obviously. You're a small business owner. I'm a small business owner. I think in 2020, we both really appreciated all the support we got from, you know, in your case, your your patrons, my readers. And we want to encourage that going forward in 2021. And, you know, we, we both, you know, want to support local businesses. And I know you do that a lot through, you, you mentioned this, you know, through referrals Talk a little bit about your your philosophy when it comes to that. So we're a community. I think I've actually written op-eds for you, uh, actually, Josh, in the past that That's right. uh, address supporting the community. I'm a big supporter of small business. When I say small business, I'm not talking the, the business that has three or four or five locations. I'm talking real small business. I'm talking about Lamont in town who two sisters run the, run the establishment, fantastic Turkish food, best drivers I've ever had. Or, you know, Vassy's down at the end of town where Mel just, you know, that's been his blood, sweat, and tears for, what, 25 years? Yeah. If not more. You look at something like talking about massage therapy where Wes is taking majority of his clients himself. Yeah, the team masseuses, but at the same time, uh, massage therapists, I'm sorry. but He is one hardworking guy. Yeah. You know, when you support a business, when you support, when you decide to spend your money at a small business, someplace when you walk in and you see the owner or the owner's family or their their right hand person, and you can call the owner right there and then, you're not just supporting a business. You're supporting a family. You're su- you're helping put food on the table in your community. You go down to Mike's Doggy Shop and spend money there. You know that helps to pay James's car payment or mm-hmm. pay the pay to keep the lights on at that establishment. You go to True Value and and buy your light bulbs there instead of getting them on Amazon or, or Home Depot. You know, you're 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 helping put food on someone's table and pay their mortgage, pay their car payment. You're not helping to add another dollar of wealth to Jeff Bezos's name. When, you know, you decide we just passed New Year's Day and all the festivities of the holidays and all that was what they were with 2020 but you know Anheuser-Busch doesn't need another dollar <laughs> they don't the guys right. down at Lost Tavern Brewing they saw their business almost get taken away from them this year you know I mean and they make frankly they make butter beer anyway <laughs> mm, but can't argue with that you know Anheuser-Busch or the Miller Brewing Company they don't need another dollar they don't need my money the, the people that, you know, the, I think, you know, 20 employees that might be off there that work at the brewery that 
brew, brew their beer, can their beer, sell their beer, tap their beer. They're the people that need my support. So I can go into self-serving right here. I can, instead of going to a chain gym, you can go to a private gym and talk to the owner. You know, not just talk to some kid that's in behind the desk that's just making five or ten dollars an hour for a few hours a week. You know, when you support local, you support your community, and it's not always easy. You know, it's not just oh, you know, I need to get, I don't know, I need to get a, a tool, so I'm going to run out to Home Depot. I, you know what? Let me call. What you should be saying is, let me call down to uh, the hardware store here in town, or Ace's Hardware can tell me his hardware. You know a local business and say, hey, can you get this tool for me? Even it costs a few more bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to spend, you know, 50 to $100 on an item, I don't care if it costs another $5 somewhere. If it's going to a small business that I, that's actually going to support them and their community. Frankly, you look at things, I know, Josh, you get a lot of this. I know I do. My mom, when she owned her business, and now Bob, he owns talking about his sporting goods, my mom's former business. We all get a lot of requests for donations and sponsorships. And you look at it like, you know, you don't see, when you go to the baseball fields for a little, a little league game, you don't see um, morning call or express times on the back of a five-year-old's t-ball shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you see Salk and Source, or you see Braveheart Pub, or you see Main Street Gym, or you see Hellertown Legion. You know, you don't see, you know, Old Navy on the back of one of those shirts or on one of the banners that they put on the, on the fence so, you know, they can make a few more bucks so they can give these kids snacks after games, stuff like that. You see things like Falcon Valley Sporting Goods and the Hellertown Diner. Right. You know, like... I can't stress enough, when you support small businesses, you support your community. You have to support those around you that support you. And, you know, during the pandemic, you see it more than anything. When we were, I was closed down for almost four months. Mm-hmm. And I finally saw the, the, the equity pay off my community support over the years. You know, all the teams I supported and all the, um, the times I bought snacks for, you know, the the youth football program or the, the cheerleaders or the whatever, the t-shirts I bought for the wrestling program and everything else, all of a sudden now I didn't have my business to support me and my family. And mm-hmm. people came to us, you know, and people told me, you know, keep drawing my membership. I want to keep paying my membership. Yeah, it's only 20, 30 bucks, but you know what? If enough people do it, you can support your business. Right. And here we are. This is how many months later? And we're still, we're going strong. We're not going anywhere. Uh, and that's when a community stands up and stands up together and fights for each other. You know, it's, you know, I was trying to look for a silver lining in every terrible situation. That's what I saw here. Mm-hmm. You know, politics aside, we're a community. And whether you agree with certain policies or disagree with them, that that restaurant that you like to go to down the street, they're hurting, and right. all the all the wait staff and the bartenders that also work there, they're hurting even more. Please, you know, I I've actually made a conscious effort. I mentioned before, um, I took my dog for a walk. Uh, I make a conscious effort to go out for lunch every day at a local restaurant that's in town, 
one, I can walk my dog there. I take her for about a mile walk every day, and I walk down to Braveheart, and mm-hmm. I get a burger. I walk to Limon, or I walk to uh, Sailors and get a sandwich, or, you know, just right. to Spread the make wealth. a conscious effort to support those businesses that need the help right now. And they are so appreciative, too. I mean, like, you mentioned Limon a couple of times, and I was in there just before Christmas, and, and I have to share this. There was a customer in front of me who looked just really dejected, like they had the worst day ever, and I have no idea what, what happened, but it was obvious, you know, even though we were all wearing masks and everything, this person was just really upset, and uh, one of the owners said, you know, what's what's happening? Are you okay? And she said something like, I'm having a really bad day. And, you know, without really saying anything, you know, she just reached into the case and, you know, put some desserts in this lady's bag. You know, I mean, would that ever happen at, you know, Olive Garden or? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> no, never in a million years. And, but, and that's just it. You know, Alan and Tunic, the, the two women who own that establishment, they're such good, genuine people. You know, every time I see them, they ask how my wife is doing and how my kids are and how how my dog is. You know, yes. they're they're such good, genuine people. They actually care about our community. You know, I can't tell you, I I eat at a bagel basket a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably more than I should. But part of the reason why I do it is because when I go up there, I know I know the girl that's going to give me my food. I know Sonny's sitting there making the bagels himself. Mm-hmm. You know, just so he can turn around and support his family. Right. And, you know, our wives are in roughly both the medical profession. And, and we talked about, you know, I asked him how his wife's doing with, with her work. And he asked me about my wife with, with her work during the pandemic and COVID world that we live in right now. But it's a sense of community. And if we don't support local businesses, we don't support small businesses, we're going to have big issues. I mean, look, in just in the past month, we saw off-the-trail clothes, which was terrible because, I mean, she had phenomenal products. Her sandwiches and her, her lunches were amazing. I was eating there probably daily for a while there. They unfortunately closed up. And sad also, we, we all saw Lloyd Tactical close up. We, we're seeing things in our community close, and that's, that's the worst thing. It, it's, the worst, it's the worst site that I can see. Lloyd Tactical, unfortunately, he was having a supply issue just because of the market that we live in with his, with his line of work. But still, you know, the, when you see someone put their, their blood, sweat, and tears into a business and it not, it not succeed is, is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And remember, next time you go to that Little League game or the youth sports basketball game or football game or the local community play at the high school, look at the people that support that event. Look at the people that support that play or that game or, or that team and make a conscious effort. Say, you know what? How many times I support this team today? You know, they have a fantastic black and chicken dinner that I haven't had in a long time. I'm going to go there tonight. You know, give back because if if we don't support those businesses that supported us in our communities, they won't be there in a few years to support us when we need them the most. Right. Yeah, that 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 mindset of, oh well, I can get it for you know, fifty cents cheaper at Walmart, that just really doesn't cut it, you know. No. In in this in this day and age and with everything that 
our businesses have been through in the last 10 months because of COVID-19. You need to like retrain your brain. And, you know, that's not just a clever saying that's, you know, really the truth. And we were talking about this, that, you know, it does, it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight that you, you know, suddenly switch from going to a big box store to buying everything locally, but, you know, you do it in little increments and, and, you know, just by taking the time to think things through, think about every purchase, you know, how, how can I support local when I need X, Y, or Z? And that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I do. It's a conscious effort. Right. And if everybody just made a little more effort, our community would thrive so much more. So on that note, <laughs> thank you again, Kevin, for, for joining us. And of course. we wish you a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2021. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll have you back again soon to talk about the gym and maybe more a little more politics and future plans and <laughs> everything in between always available to come back and greatly appreciate to, to be able to come on air with you and um you know just talk about what are what our communities are going through what people can do individually to meet your own goals your own make sure you you, you have your own party set up for your own successes I thank you, Josh, for providing a, a time slot like this for people like me and other small businesses and other um, community organizers to step up and actually get our, our voice heard and kind of see how people are thinking. You mentioned before dialogue is key, and maybe some maybe I might have said something tonight that would have jogged a thought for someone else, and they can run with it and add it to their business, or they can add it to their lives so everybody can grow together. We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at sockandsource.com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Every night, he climbs the tower, sees your face on every tower.